who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone and welcome to the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fontes and back with me once again is eric sanchez and Eric, we've, it's been a few weeks. Are you recording? Got to make sure of that. Uh, yeah, I am recording. Okay, cool. cool I see. I cool. see some audio coming up on my uh, nice my mic monitoring. And I the like record, it. And the record button's on, so we're good to go. That, that's important. It's good to have you back after all for a few weeks. We had the show last week with the special watch along with uh, Breaker and Jeff from Fully Posable, so that was a lot of fun. But now we're back to our regular fun nostalgic wrestling talk and this week is going to be a fun one because it's not halloween themed but it is fall themed which is what we're in right now if this is your first time checking out the main show maybe you heard last week appreciate that you can find all of our past shows for free in your favorite podcast app just search positively pro wrestling podcast we'll be there for you hit subscribe and each and every week we'll be there for you with some type of show or some type of fun you can follow us on twitter at PPW Podcast for show information, for interactions, for sometimes selling stuff and sharing stuff and all the fun things that wrestling and Twitter has to offer without all the negativity. That's the gimmick of this show. You can follow Eric on Twitter <laughs> at Eric at positively underscore Eric. He is the co-host of the PPW Podcast. If you want to support the show? Head to whatmaneuver.net. There's a few t-shirts up there, but the main way to support is just to share with a friend and listen and interact with us. That's the most fun. All right, Eric. What's been going on in the past couple of weeks? What have you been oh, up to? Oh, baby. Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, we were talking about going to the toy toy show fair in it Chicago up in St. Charles. It, it was a mega rainstorm that day anyways. It didn't work it out. It was. Yeah, I was saving my money up. I'm like, you know, I'm going to bring about 160 bucks just to see if I find yeah. anything up there. So instead of that, I went to ringside and looked at some damaged packaging stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I picked up the... Um, Street Profits. They were on a mm-hmm. damaged package deal. And the Jeff Hardy with the blue mask. I think it's... Elite, elite something. Elite, elite 84. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So I picked up a couple of those over 50 bucks to use my mm-hmm. free co- or my code for free shipping. Free ship. So that's all I've been doing. Cool. I won, oh, yeah. I won a Halloween contest, costume contest yesterday. Whoa, whoa, at, whoa. Uh, what, what, what did you dress up as to win? What was the winning <clears throat> entry? Oh, I, I was a scarecrow. My fiance I mean, Becca was a scarecrow. So uh, the place that what, we went what? to. Excuse me? No, I said, were the other costumes terrible that you won on just a simple Scarecrow? Like, what, what are we doing here? No, I mean, there were some good ones. I, I think we had okay. the home, home field advantage because she's friends with a couple people up there. So okay. she didn't know who the judges were, so I wouldn't really say that. But um, probably about 8.30. But it started at 7, 8.30. We did the costume contest judging. So the DJ said, everybody in a costume, come to the floor. And we all kind of did like a parade where we just kind of nice. walk, like walk single file around the whole floor. And I told Becca, I'm like, let's start waving at these people, smiling, and, you know, let's work the crowd. So we're mm-hmm. walking around, and we're waving, smiling. A lot of people's like, you know, are, are, are reacting to us. They're smiling. They're waving. And I'm thinking, okay, they're going to like us, you know, because we're like, you know, scarecrows. We're not too spooky or anything. Yeah. And we're, and we're working them, and, you know, they're having a good time. They're going to remember us. So then they did, a, you know, by the audience claps or whatever, of, of uh, you know, mm-hmm. to see who was going to be um, like the, the top 10 out of everybody. So we made the top 10, then they started um, narrowing it down. Then we were the top five, then we were the top three, and Ooh, then we, we got number man. one. So Would they won. Oh, just three free passes back to the same place. <laughs> it's, it's a ten dollar cover, so it was thirty dollars, I guess. But yeah, I, I think um, we didn't do it last year because I don't think they had one last year. But two years ago, they had like gift baskets and you know nicer mm-hmm. stuff. I think the first prize was like a bottle of wine and some glasses yeah. and candies and stuff. So a few years back uh, at the mall, there was a kids 
pumpkin party or whatever it was for the kids, and they had a costume mm-hmm. contest there. My daughter Penny won that contest. She destroyed everybody else. She <laughs> was the oh yeah, she was Dottie Henson from A League of Their Own in a handmade costume. My wife's friend's a costume designer and like handmade her one. So oh yeah, legit. I remember that. Yeah, she was really yeah, cute. and Penny. And Molly's going to be that this year because it fits her now. Mm-hmm. But the best part I remember of that was was there was kind of like, okay, it was kind of unorganized. Who's going to be the winner of this costume contest? And these kids are just me with their, their generic Iron Man costume or uh-huh. princess whatever it is costume. And like I, I'm like, this is bullshit. So I picked Penny up. like, And I'm 6'4", so I'm tall. And I kind of stand out of everywhere. I picked her up kind of on my shoulder. And the judge like, nope. It's her. It's the baseball girl. It's her. She's the winner. So she got like a prize basket of candy and, and awesome. whatever else. So And she got to ride the merry-go-round, I think, for me. I'm like, this is your prize, kid. You can ride the carousel. Maybe get some ice cream, too. <laughs> well, good for we, her. We talked about this on the show last week about with Jeff and Breaker about Halloween. And unsurprisingly, Jeff from Fully Poles, well, I guessed he was not a Halloween fan growing up. And he said, no, he didn't really like it. Was kind of annoyed with the whole costume idea and all that. Were you a Halloween fan growing up as a kid? Was that Heck something you look forward to every year? Heck yeah. I okay. remember even dressing up and I think it's kind of the age where you're not supposed to go trick-or-treating anymore. Like it's not cool. When you're 30? Uh, I, I, yeah, no, no, no. I'm just saying like I don't know how it is today, <laughs> but I guess when you go to like junior high, like it's not, you're, you're almost For too, us, you're almost too eighth, old. Eighth grade was like the last year was kind of acceptable. That was like seventh, eighth grade. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's, that's junior high for us. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I remember I went and I had like this mask and this one house gave away um, full-size candy bars. So I remember I walked up. I forgot what I was. I had a mask and I had like a black uh, cape or whatever it was. Yeah, and, cloak. Uh, yeah, a nice cloak. Uh, so I walked up and I had my mask on. <laughs> and, you know, I, I got the candy. I'm like, oh, wow. So like I went around the block. I took the mask off. I went back up because now I'm a different person. And I go back <laughs> off. I, I'm like, ding dong, I'm like trick or treat. And maybe she knew it was me. Maybe she didn't. And I wore, I wore, gla- I, I still wear glasses. So I had glasses on. So I'm like, I'm going to take my glasses off and go back up. <laughs> so I go back a third time. And uh, what's I'm the pretty, like time frame in between visits? Is it like two seconds or is no, it like no, no, probably about fif- maybe 15 minutes. I mean, just okay. go around the block, maybe 20 minutes because you hit the house and you go around the block. Yeah, maybe 20 minutes. So I mm-hmm. went back the third time. I knew she knew it was me, but she still played it off like, oh, okay, here you go. I'm like, <laughs> man, what a sucker. But, you know, as I got older, I'm like, she probably knew it was me. I would know it was me. <laughs> but you didn't care. What was your, well, some of your, when you were younger, did you ever do the homemade costumes or were you wearing like the plastic Spock? Did you get no, at the grocery store? What, yeah, what we were your costumes? Grocery store, the plastic mask with the rubber band on the back and yeah. eye holes cut out and, you know, for the mouth and. But when I when I was younger, I'm, I've always had glasses, so it was hard to wear that because the mask it would like fog up my mm-hmm. glasses, and when I would breathe, and so I tried to take my glasses off, and then it would be okay. But I really couldn't see that far, and it was getting dark. You know how fall is. We used to be able to go out like later than um, uh, sundown. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we sundown. were or dusk. Like I think that what it is now is like you have to. Everybody has to be out the streets by dusk. But I mean, we were kids. Like we would go out to like seven, eight o'clock at night, and oh, yeah. it was like no big deal. Yeah, one year, I think what we did was, me and my friends had the, whatever year it was, I forget what, it must have been like fourth grade, maybe fifth grade, mm-hmm. we transitioned from the, first it was the plastic pumpkin container to hold your candy. Yeah. Then you kind of upgrade to, they give away the free big Halloween bag at some store. Then we graduated to the pillowcase, where if you've got the pillowcase full of candy, uh-huh. that's legit. And it must have started in fourth or fifth grade, but the next year... We, it was when rollerblading was really big, so it must have been like 96, something like that. You we were roller, always playing rollerblading? Roller. Yes. Okay. So we were always playing like roller hockey and stuff. So we all, the four of us, the group, like, all right, we're going to be a hockey team. So go get a hockey jersey. We're going to rollerblade from house to house. We can mm. cover so much more ground and get so much more candy. And it worked. However, <laughs> the end of the night, you get this 30-pound sack over your shoulder trying to rollerblade. wasn't easy. I think we ended up taking our skates off and, like, putting them in the bag and just walk because it wasn't, mm-hmm. it just wasn't happening. And then I also remember one year, this must have been sixth or seventh grade, a year after that. We were walking, and did you ever encounter hooligans or bullies? No, or bad kids like high school kids, you know, no. egging houses or anything in your trick or treating when you were younger. No, we, I, well, I mean, maybe, we may, all, maybe I was the bad kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, eventually it happened, but there was a one year 
when we saw like this group of kids and I'm like, I'm like, and I was kind of a scared kid. I was with my yeah. buddy, Brandon, and he was a strong kid. Like he wasn't big, but he was always just really strong. Mm-hmm. Like and country strong? Our, yeah, sure. Like, like Braun Strowman strong, but not that okay. big. <laughs> and like, like Ricky Steiner strong. How about that? Gotcha. And I was seeing them. I'm like, oh, these kids are, cause they were kind of like going fast by in their car and like throwing eggs and stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh God, I hope they don't come after us and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So eventually later in the night, it was around dusk, starting to get dark. We were walking back towards this house. I'll never forget it. We were kind of like, it was kind of a hill. And they got out of their car because we were the only two kids in the street. And they came up and <laughs> said, you got to give us your candy. And I was just like, I was going to be like, okay, sir. But my buddy's like, no, like, screw you, you're not getting my candy. These kids must have been like 16, which, by the way, like, what are you doing as a 16-year-old picking on like seventh graders? So he's like, you're going to give it to me. And my friend's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, you're not going to take his either. So he pointed to me. And I'll never forget this. Yeah. The one like ringleader of the gang tried to uh, grab like my friend's uh, pillowcase full of candy. Uh-huh. So my friend then took it <laughs> as hard as he could and spun him around like Cesaro, like really fast <laughs> until the point where the kid couldn't hold on to the sack anymore. Yeah. He fell in the street, like must've cut his hands all up. Good. He started like, his, his friends were laughing at him and the kid was like, oh, like, I'm going to kick your ass and like got in the car and drove off and I was like, oh my God, you're my hero. That was amazing. <laughs> I'll never forget this kid's like the welled up look in his eyes. You know, after yeah. you, you're trying not to cry, but you, right. you have to because you're embarrassed and hurt. But I got some, I've got some good fun memories. And yeah, it's, that, it's always fun to see a bully get his. And it, yeah, it's even better. Like if you do it personally or even like one of your friends, you witness it like that's That's always kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, that kind I of that's that's exhilarating <laughs> when you just see this butthole that you're just been afraid of for like years and you finally get it. Yeah. I don't even know who they were. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm, they're older than me, but whatever. Yeah. Maybe it was it's, you. It's always the older kids. <laughs> it was you. No, you're older than me. me. Yeah. I, I, with wrestling wise though, I don't have too many real wrestling related Halloween stuff. One year I was Roddy Roddy Piper. And I had a kilt and everything, and mm-hmm. we went to a bar, and I was really drunk, and just t- I was telling everyone who would talk to me that I was rowdy before rowdy was cool, yeah. and like just trying to do the Roddy Piper voice, and <laughs> that, that was a fun night. Got some pictures of that, but nothing else really too crazy. I've always wanted to do like an Ultimate Warrior one day, just kind of have like a muscle suit on. Yeah, and that reminds me of another story. My buddy, but, Pat, did you ever you want know, to get jacked enough to actually be like a like a wrestler? No. Oh, I just never knew that was going to be... That was not in the cards for my body type. I would have okay. to, to eat so much food for that to happen or take steroids. So you know my buddy, Pat, the guy we went to see AEW with for CM Punk? Yeah. Uh, the, this one, this he was telling me the story. The year he was living in D.C., one of the years he was in D.C., they were all going out, and he was like, I was dressed as Ultimate Warrior. He goes, I had like a muscle tank top on, neon, the paint, the wig, the tassels, everything. He goes, the first bar we went to... Uh-huh. I got into a, a physical fight with the guy. And he goes, and I kicked his ass. I, I was like punching him, punching him. And he goes, and then, and he goes, and then the bar, the bouncer saw me. He's like, so I just sprinted like the ultimate warrior to the <laughs> ring down the street. And I, he's like, he's like, my night was kind of ruined because I couldn't go back out. You know, I was kicked out of the bar and like these bouncers looking for me and the cops are looking for me potentially for beating yeah. the guy up. But he's thinking to myself, how funny it must have been in the bar to see the ultimate warrior whooping some ass and then running down the street. Did he? Did it been awesome if he was doing like the whole like fist pumping in the air as he ran down yeah, the street, and doing the whole theme with his mouth? Yeah. Either way, how many? That's that's a funny story. I thought of I thought of wrestling Halloween related stuff. All right, so this week, we're not going to talk wrestling-related Halloween stuff, but we're going to talk fall, specifically Fall Brawl, WCW Fall Brawl 1997. The War Games, NWO versus the Horsemen, took place September 14th, 1997. The Lawrence Joel Veterans Memorial Coliseum, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, 11,939 in the house to witness this epic matchup. I'm guessing this was the first time you saw this show. No, I remember. Yeah, not you, the okay. entire show. Um, yeah, this is the first time I watched the entire show. But I did see probably each match individually over, over the course of whenever this came out. Yeah, so 97 WCW 
was really kind of kicking ass at this time. Yeah. Uh, I, I went back and just wanted to look at what, what they were doing rating wise and like buy rate wise. So for the month of September, raw versus nitro raw 2.2 nitro 4.3, uh, 2.6 to 3.9, 2.4 to 3.7 and 2.7 to four. So nitro is kicking raw's ass in ratings and let's go over buy rates. So this, this pay-per-view actually WCW fall brawl, did 195,000 buys, which sounds good until you realize the next month Halloween Havoc did mm-hmm. 405,000 buys, and then the week and the next pay-per-view World War Three did 205,000 buys. So compare that to the WWF at the time at this month they did In Your House Ground Zero, 126,000 buys. The pay-per-view after that, the first Bad Blood, which was Undertaker, Michaels, Hell in the Cell. 168,000 buys and then to compare to Havoc I would say would be Survivor Series mm-hmm. now remember Havoc did 405 Survivor Series did only did 250,000 buys which is a lot but not compared to almost half a million buys that Havoc did so WCW is That's just crazy rolling right now and I remember momentum just building with WCW even though when you look back WWF is really the one getting momentum with those storylines they're doing it's just people haven't started watching yet Right. It's kind of Austin's kind of starting to rise and he's the IC champion. And he's him and Rock and Michaels and Bret Hart are still kind of the main event and Yeah, they're they're, this bubbling, is the, they're bubbling up. For sure cuz we're right up we're about a month from the a couple months from the Montreal screw job which changes everything we know. But it was interesting to go back and look at those those things like what was going on at the time. Were you a WC were you big into WCW at the time? Were you like all in? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've said it before, like I was really big into Nitro. I had friends that were more into Nitro than WWF. I would still watch WWF, but mm-hmm. they didn't have the, I mean, I kind of liked the um, Austin on the rise, mm-hmm. the rock a little bit more, uh, but they weren't top level to me. Like Bret Hart, yeah. Bret Hart, I never, I love Bret Hart. I really do. But I never saw him as like this super over character like i appreciated him more for his wrestling and his his just his skill in the ring he was never Mm -hmm. like a hulk hogan he was never like an over the top this is everybody like a household name to me but that was like wwf at the time i'm like all right i still like it but these other guys and just everything that wcw started doing after the nwo was just like they couldn't miss i been over this a million times i was a wwf apologist at the time and i kind of tried to pretend i didn't watch nitro but i did mm-hmm. because there was so much going on and this pay-per-view is built around the nwo who's been just kicking everyone's ass versus the four horsemen in a war games match and the big build-up to this as well is arn anderson has to retire and he gives kurt henning my spot i'm offering you my spot <laughs> the famous he offers henning his spot so he accepts yeah. Which then leads into the infamous NWO parrying the Four Horsemen on Nitro, which I rewatched. It's pretty dumb. You've got X Pac or Six as Ric Flair, Conan as Mongo, Buff Bagwell as Kurt Henning, and then <laughs> the best is just Kevin Nash as Art Anderson. Uh-huh. Comes waddling out, <laughs> holding the cooler, like going back and <laughs> forth. He's got the. The bald cap, the moles, the scars all over his face, just mm-hmm. this giant gut. And it that's the funniest part is him walking out kind of pigeon-toed or, or like walking like a duck down the ramp. And that's yeah. when I laughed out loud. But the rest of it's kind of stupid. But that part was funny. And, I liked uh, it because it was um, – DX didn't do anything about Nation of Domination yet. So this was like the first no. time I saw like just – I don't know, just cool bad guys, just being doing cool bad guy shit. <laughs> like this whole thing just cracked me up. You know, X Pac yeah. or six, six says uh, Flair with a big honker on his face, uh-huh. and he's crying. <laughs> and, he's got the tears constantly when uh, Arn's like, giving but, his speech. Yeah, like the water. And, oh my god, uh-huh. it was. It, I thought it was hilarious. And I'm sure everyone knows this by now, but they were super pissed. Meaning the Horsemen, Arn, and Flair, and all that. Yeah. And <laughs> Nash tells the story about how he's like. Everyone, look, everyone was cool with it beforehand, and then they got pissed. I don't know what the fuck. And he tells a story about how Arn Anderson comes up to him like, 
why'd you why'd you make me look like a drunk? And <laughs> he goes, and he goes, keep in mind two things. He's saying this to me with two beers in his hand right. as he's talking to me. And he goes, also, the cooler I used was Arn's cooler. I asked to borrow for uh. the bit, so that made me laugh. It just made me laugh. And plus, oh, Nash shoot interviews always make me laugh. They do. All right. So overall, before we get into the matches and all the other stuff, what did you think overall this show? Like, we'll get into details and grades and stuff later, but how was it watching? Was it easy watch? Was it hard watch? Was it no, a mixed it was easy. I, you I, I loved all the matches. They were all really? good. Yeah, even okay. the like Giant Scott Norton. I oh, well, I would, oh we got to well, no, we got to get to that because that is my favorite listen, match. Listen, listen, listen. So we'll hold on. Yeah, that. my like, favorite match like of the card. I, will you just listen? You act like yes. I'm going to blow the whole podcast by mentioning this. <laughs> what if you I'm, do? I'm, what if, okay, fine. We'll talk about it later. And you'll be like, oh, that wasn't so bad. No, go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. You win. Now you have to say it because if I was a listener, I'd be pissed. But like, you better fucking say it now. So go ahead and say it. No, as, as I'm going through all these matches, I thought that might have been the worst one. But uh-huh. for what it was, I thought it was really good. Just to see like the two big guys just like going at each other. Two big beefy men slapping meat, that's as right. Big E would say. Uh-huh. All right. So as we mentioned, uh, the main feud is this is the War Games. We'll talk about that and thoughts on War Games and all that stuff. But our opening contest, Chris Jericho versus Eddie Guerrero for the Cruiserweight title. On paper, you're like, oh, this is going to be a great match. And it was good, but it was not your typical high-flying luchador Cruiserweight match that they that they normally do. They did a lot of wrestling, mm-hmm. just mat wrestling and stuff, which was cool. There was a Deport Eddie chant, which I'm like, mm, it's kind of racist, but all right, <laughs> yeah. let's go in North Carolina. And I had to rewind we, that a few times. I wasn't sure if that, I'm like, is that what they're saying? So I rewound uh-huh. it and I listened to it again. I'm like, it sounds like it. Cause sometimes you'll hear a chant and you think you know what it is. And then somebody will say actually what it is. Like, oh yeah, that's what it is. So there's this one guy I'm watching his mouth. Like, and he's like, Deport Ed. I'm like, he is saying it. Yeah, <laughs> you <dickhead."> bastard. <laughs> what a jerk. Right. Well, Another, well I, I, I wouldn't expect any less from that time period yeah. in North Carolina. Another thing that's unique about this show is the double ring. So there's two two rings there, but they only wrestle in one. Well, they alternate. And dub, yeah. And then WCW did this a lot, too, with the logo on the mat. What do you think about that? I love The logo it. on the mat. It's, it's, did, it's, you, it's nostalgic for me. Did you wish WWF did that at the time, put the logo on the mat? Not really. Yeah. I, think, I, I think it was more of a WCW thing. Mm-hmm. Because it reminded I'm me of like a, like like a boxing where they put the um, you know yeah, like HBO the Bud, or whatever it yeah, is the in the middle Budweiser logo yeah mm-hmm. I'm torn because part of me thinks it's cool part of me thinks it looks cheap you know like your toy yeah. ring has that sticker like why would this professional one have it but I'm torn I, don't know, I thought it made, what, it made it was more like a sport what does everyone else think let us know on Twitter PPW podcast and also when watching this match. I think we forget how good Eddie's frog splash was because so many people do it now. Yeah. And it's nowhere near as good as his was. And so there's always many people a do it. And they all yeah, do the whole Eddie shake. I'm like, come on. Yeah, but his is... Did you notice that? Like, I'm like, man, this frog splash rules. Even like RVDs isn't as good as his. Yeah. His is Eddie, a little different, Eddie, Eddie's but still. The king. Yeah. It's almost like I want people to stop doing it because you embarrass yourself after seeing mm-hmm. how good his was. I guess yeah. Seth Rollins does a good one. But like Sasha Banks, like, sorry, come on, you, you got to stop. What, what are we doing here? You're not as good as Eddie's. Tri- it's good. It's a tribute, and I get well, Ray, all that. Ray but. does a really good one, but it's it's not as good as Eddie. But Eddie was just big enough to make it seem like when he landed, the impact was like, mm, that's right. So yeah, talk about. It, yeah, when he busts his bone out of his arm too. I mean, you know, there's impact. <laughs> yeah, I remember that his his debut on SmackDown or whatever. Yeah, that was gross. Mike Tanay is also on this match, and he was kind of the WCW uh, like doorway to other wrestling, non North, non USA wrestling. What do you think of Tanay? Both as a, when originally watching him and looking back at him now. What about Mike Tanay? I've always liked Mike Tanay. I liked his insight and in, in his his commentary. I thought he added I mean, like a little bit of a realism to it and like a different perspective. I I, I liked him. Made it seem like a real sport. Like yeah. we're going to bring in the specialist now, the analyst. And mm-hmm. I think it. this was probably my WCW fake hatred. I was like, they even got stupid, terrible announcers. Mike Tanay stinks. But looking back, like, okay, I like that. That's cool. Yeah. It's, and he went on to, you, to TNA and, you know, I loved him in TNA. Like he's. I, I, the professor. He's the professor. Yeah, that's it. 
That's what I was going to Professor Wink to me. Try to think what of his you, name. <laughs> were you a Jericho already fan in 97? Um, I was becoming a little bit more of a Jericho. Eddie, I I don't know. Even, I don't know. I, I didn't really like Eddie, which is kind of shitty, shitty to say. <laughs> no, it's okay. I don't think I liked these guys either in 97. I didn't like Jericho until probably like the end of his WCW run. Like yeah. When he was kind of just didn't give a F. But to me, they were kind of, they were like the prelim guys. That's all they would ever be to me is the preliminary guys. Yeah. Which is crazy considering the careers both of them had, especially Jericho with how long it's been. But they were just the preliminary guys. So it was a good match, though. I do think it's it's worth checking out. Uh, the it's a 17-minute match. Eddie Guerrero gets the win, but it was good. I, I liked it a lot. I liked watching it, so I recommend checking it out, especially as, especially as an opener. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm watching the replay we go, on, on Peacock right now. Oh, that frog splash. <laughs> there you go. And then we go backstage uh, to Jeff Jarrett, who's at WCWWrestling.com, getting asked dumb questions by fans. And he's in his dumb outfit with, like, the streamer, half shirt, <laughs> whatever he wore. Jared was the worst until he cut his hair, right? Like, he just sucked. Nobody cut his hair, and he was the don't piss me off guy. And the yeah, slap I, start, I started to like him with the slap. Yeah. And yeah, I like him. Exactly. exactly. And then we go to our next matchup, the Steiner Brothers with but, Ted but DiBiase. Let's, just, let's step back for a second. This whole sure. WCW.com wrestling questionnaire, like, they got this geeky guy up there, and he's just asking questions from the internet. Like, how, mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess how cool was that back then? I didn't, I don't... Because I don't remember, I don't remember I, the but, first time we I don't remember the first time we got a home internet. It probably was around now, ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah, because I'm I wondering really if, if maybe it was like a like a chat room on AOL, like <laughs> WCW chat room, and it's like, hey, go to your, your AOL WCW tab and ask wrestlers a question. It'd be cool, but now we'd just be full of trolls and porn bots. Right. So I think that's, the time, the time it was probably cool. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. It was just a kind of an odd segment to like look back on. I'm like, holy crap! I'm like, technology is really advanced. Hell yeah! We could now we could tweet and text and tout questions. And the Steiner brothers are up next. I I hope so. (laughs) I I would like to taking on Harlem Heat with Miss Jacqueline. Steiners have Ted DiBiase. Couple notes about this: one, Harlem Heat's theme song rules. Yeah, I like the laugh it's, at the beginning too. It's like a weird, like cackle laugh. Yeah, and they're awesome. However, I was a little disappointed when I saw Jacqueline and not Sherry Martell with them because to me, she was the best manager with Sherry. I, I like Jackie with them. Did you? Okay, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Teddy Biasi with the Steiners never made sense, right? They like never it, did, and no. I was glad they turned on him in a few months at at Super Bowl. So I was glad he's only with them a few more months. So part of me I guess I just didn't realize how many matches were on here and which matches were, but I remember as matches were coming on I'm like, "Oh yeah, I remember this match." So it's possible I did watch this at least once, you know, on DVD mm-hmm. or VHS or whatever, but when yeah. I saw Harlem Heat versus Steiner Brothers on that little the WCW Tron or whatever you call it, I'm like, "Man, this is going to be an awesome match because to me it's like these are two of the best wrestlers from, you know, brothers and wrestler mm-hmm. to the tag teams from WCW in this era." So I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good one." And it was. Did it live up to your expectation? Oh, yeah. This, is, this would be something where I would kind of put on, uh, you know, like a fantasy match on WWE yeah. 2K and just, like, have the Steiners and the Harlem Heat going at it. Yeah, Larry Zabisco is on, is back on commentary now, and he will play a role later on in the show tonight. But, yeah, this match, to me, was just, it didn't seem, I guess, pay-per-view-y enough, if that makes sense. It just seemed like a TV match. Really? There's nothing... I yeah, I didn't. I mean, I did too. It wasn't bad. It was eleven minutes, so not too long, not too short. But to me, it was just. It was okay. It was good. It wasn't okay. great. Uh, the Steiner brothers get the win here, and as they should, because I think I like the Steiners more than Harlem Heat. However, I think as a team legacy, Harlem mm-hmm. Heat's got the better legacy than the Steiner brothers. I'd say. Hmm, that's tough. Really? Yeah, I would All say right. Steiners. Okay. Okay. It was a big power move match. Like it was, it was good, and it's it's worth watching. Don't I'm not trying to poo poo it. It's a solid solid match, and mm-hmm. also there's a great shot of a kid with terrible sting face paint in the crowd, which hey. they zoomed in on. So yeah, he so spent a lot of time it. doing that. 
Oh, it didn't sh- it didn't show it like he did. Next up, Alex Wright <laughs> taking on Ultimo Dragon for the WCW World Television Championship. I don't Al- know. Alex a- Wright for me is a guilty pleasure of this era. Oh, <laughs> like I he, he's so cool, <laughs> and he's doing his just stupid dick dancing. He's so fun. <laughs> I don't. I think. It, or I guess we could have this discussion now. Is there a better signature dance move no. in the history of <laughs> yeah, wrestling no, than the Alex Wright? dick dance as you call it is there right. a better one what are the contenders i don't even know i mean the two um, cool dance the two cool oh man now you're now we're mm, you know too cool yeah the fandango dances right yeah spin rudy is not a dance is it it's like a break it's a move. dance it's a move it's a break dance move who else danced? i mean um i'm sure there's people we're missing i just Really, I just want to talk about Alex Wright and how great that move is and how it's it obnoxious. Is. It just makes me cool. smile. It is obnoxious, and I love it. <laughs> das Wunderkin. And this is when he's a heel, and yeah. he's still got the baby face, like neon green tights on. And mm-hmm. the bad part is this match is 20 minutes long, and it should have been like seven minutes long. I think that was my main problem with it. Where it was my, good. my favorite part of this match, I think uh, Ultimo does kind of like a sunset flip, but doesn't totally get uh, Alex Wright back on him mm-hmm. so alex wright kind of bends over because ultimo dragon's on the mat face up and he's holding wright's legs and uh alex wright i thought i was waiting for him to start doing the dance on top of him so he leans over you know grabs um ultimo's face you know socks him once or twice and then now he's kind of out now he starts doing the dance on top of him <laughs> like this is amazing another dancer disco inferno oh yeah right? you're right so i so i just googled dancing wrestlers i got rikishi Nikki mm-hmm. Bella, they did the Bella thing at the beginning. Yep. Uh, Stacy Keebler, she used to do the dancing on the table. Okay. Where Jerry okay. Lawler would just kind of get a heart on all the time. Sure. A- Alex Wright's listed. Uh, dances with Dudley. Um, that'd be like an ECW thing I, I never really knew about. So, What about the public enemy with the hands waving? Does that count? Um, I don't know. I think that's more like guiding the crowd to wave your hands in the air. Like, you just don't care. Like, you don't, I mean, you don't care. Okay. Right. Well, I th- either way, I think we both agree that Alex Wright's dance is the best. And if you have a better one, let us know. Yeah. But, yeah, if this match was 10 minutes, the last five minutes were pretty good. But if this was like a 10-minute match, I think it would have been a lot better. This is one mm-hmm. I think you could watch the beginning, skip the middle, and watch the end. That would be my advice on this one. Anything else to say about it? Not really. I think this kind of these matches kind of flew by, even though I'm looking at the times on Wikipedia now. It's like seven, 18 minutes for Eddie... Uh, I actually thought the tag match was longer than the Alex Wright match, but I guess that just shows you how much fun I was having watching these. <laughs> there you go. Alex Wright gets the win, and he keeps his World Television Championship, so we're all happy about that. Uh, next up, we have Jeff Jarrett in his stupid outfit versus Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko's got underrated entrance music, too, I think, because he just comes out. The ice It man. fits him. Exactly. He is the Iceman, but not from Top Gun, like the Iceman that'll whoop some ass. He's a guy that I... As a, <laughs> Top as Gun won't whoop ass. <laughs> as a kid, I thought Malenko was lame and boring. Me too. But looking back, he rules. I love me some D. Malenko. Has he, he aged well for you as well? I would say so. Um, I think the older I got, the more I appreciated it. Like, I'm talking like teenage and early 20s, you know, from all that. To me, it's it's kind of like yesterday was like in my 20s but i just started to appreciate like actual wrestling and the holds and the and the reversals and stuff a lot more than i did the you know the the boot to the face the clotheslines the play into the crowd and like Mm -hmm. you know these guys are actually like wrestler wrestlers not like showman wrestlers like hogan and warrior and this is also (laughs) this is a match for a shot at the u.s title it's not actually for the u.s title Mm -hmm. Uh, jared gets the win here at 14 minutes and 53 seconds i thought malenko i'm sorry jared kind of dragged malenko down here because i've seen malenko have much better matches on pay-per-view yeah because i've been watching some old wcw pay-per-views and he normally has a great match this one was just kind of meh it was like a c minus it wasn't that good yeah, all his matches with Eddie and Jericho and Ray, like, you know, those were, those were fire matches. They were. My favorite Malenko moment has got to be when he wins the Battle Royal and takes off the mask and revealed he won it and whoops Jericho's hey. ass to get that title back. There we go. Just just an awesome moment for sure. Was that after this? Like, timeline-wise? Yeah. 
Yeah, because okay. Jericho had turned heel by that point. I think he's still a babyface on this show. Okay. And the other thing that was weird about how this match ends, Jarrett wins by the figure four. He makes Dream Malenko quit. Like, that didn't make sense to me. I would have preferred a roll-up or something. Something cheap. Something cheap. What's not speaking cheap of, is our, nec- our next I was, was going to say, speaking of cheap, I looked no. into the, the marriages of Deborah, but we can move on. Yeah, we, this is the Positively Pro Wrestling oh, Podcast. Oh, yeah. Not that which is why we're going to talk about Wrath and Mortis versus Dude, the Faces of Fear. I we got like Mortal match. Kombat versus the two biggest badasses ever. How could this match not kick ass? I forgot about Wrath before he was with the other Brian Adams. Yeah. What, what were they? Chronic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chronic. Yeah. Dude, this whole entrance was just mind-blowing to me. I loved it. And then the Faces of Fear, and, and I'm thinking Faces of Fear like the whole Dungeon of Doom. I'm like, wait a second. No, this is Faces of Fear. This is goddamn Haku and Barbarian. Yeah, we know Barbarian signs a hard autograph because he pushes so damn hard he pops my <laughs> paint pen when signing things, but it worked out for the best. Damn right. So he's tough. So he see, is. Seeing Mortis and after watching that uh, Dark Side of the Ring a couple weeks ago, like, you know, I, I, I've always liked um, Mortis. Yeah. And just watching that again, I'm like, man, I really liked him. Because I remember he would also kind of uh, be a guest on Howard Stern when I was listening to Howard Stern. Um, I don't know. The more he talked and spoke, like the more likable he was to me, like out of character. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I really liked the guy. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like about this match was that I didn't like the sparkly, shiny tights that Ming and Barbarian had. Didn't really fit them. No? They need to have black. They, no, they need black tights as far as I'm concerned. But it was still good. And it... It wasn't too long, and they were like 10 minutes, and it was epic, and it was the crowd was kind of dead for it. I think they're kind of getting ready for the main event, but mm-hmm. Wrath and Mortis get the win here, and good for them. These, This is, when you think larger-than-life comic book off-the-page characters, that was this match. Yeah, I think, most sure. definitely. I agree. You agree. All right, and then we go backstage. Ric Flair is with the Horseman, does a promo with Gene, and he's kind of going nuts. By the way, we should mention earlier in the night, Kurt Henning had been attacked by the NWO, so it was pretty unclear if he would be able to join them in their War Games match tonight. So it's not really a running thread throughout the show, but it's mentioned a couple times, whereas I think WWE and WWF shows, whenever there was a, something like that, it would be you'd be shoved down your throat Mm-hmm. reminded er, about earlier it. tonight and that was like five minutes ago like earlier tonight mm-hmm. yeah they, they, they tell you all the yeah i guess i guess i kind of get it on tv you're trying to catch people channel flipping but mm-hmm. what did you th- what anymore. did you think of this uh this iteration of the four horsemen you got flair mongo benoit and so far perfect or hennig it's hard for me to unbiasedly look at it because of benoit and I know a lot of people have different opinions about him and being able to compartmentalize things and watch his matches one way. I can't. Mm-hmm. So I can't have a unbiased opinion about or a, a opinion about the horseman, even how I thought of it at the time. I, I kind of remember at the time thinking that this was cool. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have much of a horseman memories or anything like that, other than maybe some old tapes I rented. I didn't have the horseman nostalgia. Because I wasn't okay. an NWA, WCW, Jim Crockett guy. What, what right. about you? What do you think of this? See, I, I'm in the same boat. Like, I didn't have that whole Four Horsemen type deal. I, I was aware of, it, aware of it and them, you know, showing highlights of Four Horsemen on wrestling and all that kind of stuff. But with the addition of Mongo, I thought it was cool. I mean, don't maybe because I'm a Bears fan or was a Bears fan, a Super Bowl Bears fan specifically. So I thought it was pretty cool that, you know, he, he was learning how to wrestle. And it'd be like in the newspaper because we're in the Chicagoland area. Uh, Steve McMichael's going to be a wrestler, WCW, blah, blah, blah. So I thought it was kind of cool that, you know, he was going to be in this four horsemen, this illustrious group of four guys that, you know, ran the mm-hmm. ran companies and, you know, the addition of Benoit. And I'm a little bit different. I can separate the wrestler from the guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the wrestler itself, he's an amazing wrestler. And I thought the addition of him was this version of Whore Horseman wasn't this. I think this was just modern 1997 at the, at the time. They needed to be better than what they were before, like in the 80s and maybe mm-hmm. even early 90s. And I, I thought this was like a more updated, cooler version of the uh, Four yeah. Horsemen. Yeah, I think the reason I can't compartmentalize it as much is because I went down a rabbit hole a few years back about the whole story, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's a lot. And if anyone's interested in 
kind of where I fought a lot of stuff, let me know, but it's, it's a lot. So we're not going to get too much into that, but yeah, it was, I, I, to your point, it was needed to have like a refresh. And I think that this did help having two younger guys and Malenko eventually became a horseman too. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or he was a horseman or something like that. But I, I did think it was cool that Mongo was a part of the team. So good for him. Then we have my favorite match of the night. The Giant. <laughs> really? Okay. Versus, dude, versus Skedder. Dude, this match rules so hard. A lot because of this, it has, this, a lot of this uh, pay-per-view rules for you. It has no business being so good. First off, the Scott Norton on WCWNW Revenge was one of the best characters. He had the punch, the knockout punch finishing move. Hell yeah. Then we've got the Giant doing suplexes on the floor. We've got <laughs> Norton kind of taking huge bumps. This, he he does a stun gun move to the giant. He did. He, that was so gun impressive. Was the ringmaster's move. The stun gun, by the way, for those who don't know, you pick someone up kind of like you're going to give them the heart attack if you're Jimmy Anvil Nightheart, except you pick them high up in the air so you can drop their neck on the top rope. Yeah. But to do that to the giant, they even make a comment. He's like, you don't have to pick him up like a couple inches off the ground. He's already on the top rope. But it was still impressive. These big sons of bitches. I, I love this match, and, and I love this version of Scott Norton because he was uh, teaming with Buff Bagwell, and they were vicious and delicious. and yeah. just, just them two, and you got, you got the cockiness and the hilarity of Buff Bagwell, and he's posing and doing his little you know shuffle with his arms out and posing mm-hmm. at the end, and he's funny. And Norton is just like this serious, brooding dude who's just, just – Almost like Vader, like he just had carried himself as like this big powerhouse. I'll kick the shit out of you, type of guy. And mm-hmm. to to him or for him and Giant to like kind of match up, and they're almost the same size. And I'm like Scott Norton because I always, or uh, yeah, Giant, I was going to call him a Big Show, but I think he's billed a seven four mm-hmm. or seven whatever. It, it's way taller than what he shows like in other pay-per-views and stuff and i'm looking up scott norton he's six three or six four but they almost look me i would say like five inch difference you know in height because when mm-hmm. they're going in the corner and uh, scott norton's just kind of beating on him i'm like man i'm like these guys are pretty much the same size you know except yeah. for the height i'm just talking like girth and size size and, not and not then height. the giant the giant does a Shawn michaels kick up for crying out loud <laughs> he had to hold the rope but you know i'll give it to him because that, that's some big stuff to do a nip up like that Yes, and he gets the win, does a choke slam, five minutes, twenty-seven seconds. Go watch this match. It oh, it's so good. This was, it was good. It was so good. And there's no business would, would, being good. Would you say it? Yeah, it's no business being this good. <laughs> no, it's no business being this good. All right, next matchup is Scott Hall and the Macho Man versus Lex Luger and Diamond Dallas Page. This is like a match I would make in WCW NW Revenge, like a video sure. game, like four-way tornado tag. Yeah, just all two the WCW guys, two NWO guys. Yeah, all the top stars. And uh, the match itself is kind of eh, because I think no one really knows who to who to take lead, and it seems like they're all just kind of waiting for the finish to happen. Mm-hmm. But there's a few fun parts about this. One, I don't know if you noticed in the hard cam, like five or six bros and take off their shirts no. and start flexing for the camera. No. It's pretty funny. Have you, have you ever done a shirt off at a sporting event? No. I was always really? too chubby and self-conscious. I mean, that's generally what it's about. Like, the big fat guy takes his shirt off and gets the crowd <laughs> riled up. No. Never did that. Okay. Well, maybe maybe, maybe next time. Maybe you got yeah, some time Maybe for I'll it. do it tomorrow. <laughs> you going to a show tomorrow? A concert? No. I'll, Bulls I'll, game? I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay. You could make I'll a, go to a high a, school game. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this pervert? (laughs) Here we go, Eagles. Here we start like slapping your chest. That'd be awesome. My favorite part of this match is when Scott Hall gets Luger like in between the two rings, and I wish I want to see this again. I mean, maybe so many people know about this, and this is like just like you know everybody's favorite part of this match, but this is the first time I saw it. I thought it was so cool. Like Luger <laughs> kind of slips and he's in the middle of the two rings and Scott Hall is just doing his stop, 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 stop. Mm-hmm. And the camera pans to the other part of the ring and you still see Scott Hall like stopping on Luger, keep burying him more in between the two rings and he's on the floor and then they get a camera like over him, <laughs> like right over him between the two rings and he's laying on the floor in between them all. And so it was two on one for a while, which I thought was pretty smart. 
Like, man, I'd, I'd love that part. I want to see it again. Yeah, Luger's, he's pushing him in there like, uh, you know, trying to fit a, a nail into a hole that's not big enough or something like that. Just yeah. pushing it all the way down. <laughs> got a rubber mallet. Then they got the big uh, long legs of Scott Hall, and he's doing the whole jump into, you know, one yeah. foot's hitting the mat, the other foot's, you know, kind of hitting Luger. I mentioned this is all building kind of towards the finish, which involves Larry Zabisco, which doesn't make much sense. Eventually, the ref gets kind of knocked out. Then they mm-hmm. send another ref down, and Hall kicks that ref in the stomach or something, so the two refs are out. So Larry Zabisco's like, that's it, I've had enough of this. So he goes to the ring and gets in Scott Hall's face, and Scott Hall's doing the, come on, come on. Yeah. You know, the crowd's going nuts. Mm-hmm. Larry pushes him over for a roll-up, for I think Luger rolls him up, and Larry does a one, two, three. I'm, I was unaware that Larry Zabisco was an authorized referee tonight. Yeah, but apparently I guess he is. Oh, okay. Yeah, that apparently, kind of confused me too. He, he Apparently he is, and the crowd goes nuts, and Shivani's all cocky. He's like, that's two losses for you, NWO. Ha <laughs> ha, losers. And little yeah. does he know, there's some shit about to go down in the main event. Yeah. So but, this match here, and earlier in the night, there was this uh, Mark Curtis is the referee. And I'm like, this yeah. guy looks too, like, too much like a little pipsqueak. Like, he's not like uh, Pee Wee. The other guy, I'm like, this guy's a little bit smaller, a little bit more geekier. So then I'm looking him up because I don't remember his name. So I looked him up and, you know, Mark Curtis and people are talking about Mark Curtis online. It's like, he's such a badass. You know, I'm like, holy crap, he is a badass. Like people would, uh, like fans would jump in the ring. He'd be the first one to like put him in a headlock and start kicking him nice. and stuff. I'm like, this guy's awesome. <laughs> nice. He rules. We go to our main event, which is the War Games. The NWO consisting of Buff Bagwell, Kevin Nash, Six, and Conan. Taking on the four horsemen consider, consisting of Chris Benoit, Steve Mongo, McMichael, Ric Flair, and eventually Kurt Henning, even though he's hurt, but he eventually comes out. We've got the big match main event announcer, Michael Buffer. What did you think of Buffer? I loved him. WCW. I mean, he made WCW like that much more special. Yeah, it's almost like w- I wanted WWF to have like an announcer. Right, like I did too. To me... I was jealous that WCW had him for main events. It was your main event. Yeah. Do you think he even do you think he watched a second of pro wrestling or just did this for a paycheck? Uh, maybe he got into it after he got the paycheck. Maybe, maybe. He did eventually did a couple Royal Rumbles for the WWF, but I think he did a 2008 one specifically. I remember that one. But oh, okay. I was jealous. I was definitely jealous of him. This is kind of an odd NWO selection. Interesting. I would think. I guess everyone's kind of spread out in matches, and Hogan didn't mm-hmm. want to do the pay-per-view or something, but it seemed kind of odd that Nash is, I guess Nash is the leader, and Six is doing the parody. I, I don't know. They just tried to feud these four versus those four. It was kind of kind of weird. It seemed like Conan didn't seem like he fit in this like a main event to me, no. but that's just me. What did, you, what did you think of War Games, the match? Are you a fan of their match, the War Games WCW match, or...? I don't know if I'm so much a fan of the actual war games itself, but uh, a lot of times the people in the match make the match better. Yeah. So I remember there was the war games for NXT with uh, Shotzi, uh, those, Rhea, Rhea those Ripley. Were different. Those are just yeah, a double but, key because there's no roof. It's much different. Right. It's a different I was just going to say that. But, I mean, they made that, that war games fun. I mean, th- these guys, you know, later on in this match and just how they kind of pair off and who they fight and then they kind of go back and forth and then... I don't know why I always forget that the match doesn't technically start until everybody's in, which I thought was kind of dumb. But at the same time, if you have yeah. like a disadvantage, I mean, that's still the way it goes. It's it's bad luck for you <laughs> if you're down like two people to one. But, you know, that's the way it goes. You should be able to get and a pinfall. It, and it's submit or surrender, which means the same thing, but you can't pinfall. You got to win by submission or surrender. Uh-huh. And that was another interesting part. I don't know. To your point about kind of dumb waiting for the match to start for everyone to get there that was my main thing i didn't like about war games i didn't like the waiting because it just seemed like everyone you're just kind of waiting around for the match to start Mm -hmm. to me it just seems like just have everyone in there you know it's it's kind of like elimination chamber but at least in an elimination chamber people can get eliminated before everyone comes out of the pods and this you nothing can happen until everyone's in the match yeah so it's mostly just like brawling around and kind of just you Mm -hmm. know there's, there's no drama of something ending happening, no. you know? 
You got some guy hanging on the rope, the other guy choking him for, you know, until someone else comes in. <laughs> like exactly. a Royal Rumble with, you know, everybody's just in the corner doing their little bullshit and, you know, just waiting for the clock to come down. And Yeah, the Rumble almost has the anticipation of who's going to be next. Well, I'm like, just talking about the people that are kind of waiting, you know, while you're yeah. just not really doing anything big. They're just kind of punching people in the corner and putting a headlock, like nothing big or exciting. Exactly. And... Then eventually, after everyone's in the match, Kurt Henning comes down with a sling on his arm, saying, "I can be, I could do it, I could do it, I get in the ring." And it was down to him and Flair, like, "Who's going to go next?" And Flair's like, "No, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go." And Henning's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's fair. You can go ahead. That seems logical." And eventually, Henning comes in with a chain, ready to kick some ass, but he attacks the four horsemen. That son of a bitch, Kurt Henning. And yeah, he takes the, the sling, the sling off and the commentator's like, Oh no, he's okay. He's okay. And then he's got handcuffs and he's walking towards, uh, Nash. And yeah. I, I forgot who, had, who Nash had in a corner. Mongo. And, yeah. Mongo. So, you know, the handcuffs goes right to Nash. And like, what is he doing? Yeah. The peep, the crowd seemed legitimately surprised and pissed though. I was surprised. I'll give, I'll give him that. It was a, Especially after the my spot and the my spot, yeah. And his spots join the NWO and they end up handcuffing everybody, beating the hell out of everyone. Do you give up? Do you surrender? Nash is on the microphone, cocky <laughs> asshole, and yeah, everyone's spitting in his face and saying no. And then eventually they tie Ric Flair down to the end of the ring where the door is, and unless someone surrenders, they're gonna they're gonna quote guillotine uh-huh. Ric Flair, which I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna murder Ric Flair. So it doesn't say I quit. And then eventually, they never even say I quit. Mongo says that's enough. We have to stop this. Yeah. And then Nash is like, yep, that counts. It's over. We're gonna win. And they smash Flair's face in anyway against the chair. And the and then the show ends. It it ends on a bummer. Like nothing even happens. It just ends. And to me, that's you got, you why you gotta this, wait till the next night. Yeah, but if I paid for this, I would like at least some type of ending they, to that's it. That's how they hook you. Well, there was an ending, NWO one, and they smash his head in a, in a cage with the steel door. Yeah, they did win, and WCW loses again, and then they're going to keep losing until around when Sting shows up, and then they, even still, they kind of win, and then they kind of win at Super Brawl 98, February 98. <laughs> if you go back and watch this, right when Hennig... Uh, uh, slams that door on it on to flair's head there's this guy yeah. like ring like right against the rail an nwo shirt hennig slams the door hits flair and this guy's jumping up he's like yeah he's so happy <laughs> he is so happy he's like hell yeah i got my nwo shirt on my guy's won he's but there was, there, there was a lot of we want sting throughout this match yeah so that was exciting I mean, too a little build you gotta I keep you gotta keep the build up gotta keep the build up so the show ends and I will say this: this show kind of flew by. Nothing it dragged. It, really it was, did. it was cool to watch. It was cool to watch the WCW show. Something I don't necessarily have a lot of nostalgia for because I pretty much never watched the pay per views live, the WCW ones, or even mm-hmm. like on a cheater box or anything. I might have done the listen to them, but I don't really remember this. Overall, I think I'm going to give this show a B, just a regular B, not a plus, not a minus, just a regular B. Mainly for that giant kick-up. I think that bumped it up a half-letter grade at least. <laughs> yeah. what, what about you? What are you giving this show? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of cool matches in here and, and matches that I would probably do on my NWO versus WCW yeah. Revenge. And kind of, it's, I'd probably give it an A. Like, everything was okay. pretty good. Some matches dragged a little bit longer than they should have, but, I mean, that's with any pay-per-view. You've got you to kill some time, and, you know, sometimes you don't want to be going to the backstage, you know, after every single match for 10 minutes, but... Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. I liked it. It did flow well, and the crowd, except for like one match, was pretty much into it the whole time. The announcers mm-hmm. were great. It's good. It's a B. No, there's no show stealing match. I'd say there's nothing crazy that you oh you have to see this type of thing, but it's good. It's good. It's WCW, pretty much close, to, getting very close to the top of that roller coaster peak. Yeah, and supposedly about to peak at Star K ninety seven, and then downhill and then wwf's on the upswing so it's an interesting time for wrestling in general and it was interesting to watch for sure so thank you eric for coming on this joy ride with me oh you're welcome games, it was a lot of fun now i'm glad that uh you chose a fall brawl because i was looking at uh, halloween havoc stuff and i'm like maybe mm-hmm. we could do the first halloween havoc but 
I wasn't really a big wrestling fan at the time, and I don't think you were either of WCW. Right. So, no, I was I mean, not. Yeah. Fall Brawl was a good one. It was, and we've got lots of more fun to come in the, uh, coming up in November. We've we've definitely got some – we'll definitely have a Survivor Series or two to look at. That's for sure. Yeah. And we'll, maybe we'll do a, a Fantasy Ultimate Survival card. We'll, we'll do lots of fun. Maybe we'll do a Thanksgiving memory show or Black Friday shopping deals or something with our experience in retail. We'll do we'll do some fun in November oh, okay. for sure because we were off for a few weeks. But we'll definitely do some fun coming up. And then, of course, Christmas season's around the corner. We'll definitely be doing some Christmas stuff and all that. Uh, and in the meantime, whilst you're waiting for our shows to come out, make sure you're checking out all of our podcast buddies. Uh, the Breaker and Bane Power Hour. Breaker also hosts You Know It's Fake, right? He was on the show last week, so follow both of his shows and then follow the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Jeff from Fully Posable was on. They do a show each and every week. They're over 300 episodes now in a row, by the way. There's no breaks. Over 300 in a row, so congratulations to them. And then follow our sh- our friends over at the Doing the Favor Podcast. They do a couple shows each week, a sports show and a wrestling show, Eric and Barry. Always a lot of fun over there. Uh, check out our friend Daniel Spencer and friends at the Ringside Podcast. He's had a busy week for the Bound for Glory and the Impact tapings out in Las Vegas. So congratulations to them and everything that they're doing over there. Uh, check out our friends over the Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast, one of my favorite podcasts in the world. Go follow them. Uh, Joel Quinn every week do a great show and also have a cool Patreon with lots of great stuff. And then check out our friends over at the Wrestling Cheers Podcast. Our friend Justin Summers is a show. And he's getting married this weekend, so congratulations to Justin Summers. Hopefully he has an awesome wedding and then he said the next day he's going to Steelers Browns so he's oh, got quite awesome. the he's got quite the weekend planned so kudos to him and I always forget people but I'm sorry so thank you oh um Lee from the Roz Nitro podcast down in Australia we got we him and I are due for a show coming up soon well, maybe we'll look back at an old wrestling movie because we do f- fun stuff with that so follow Lee's show as well so yeah that that's all my uh my podcast buddy shout outs Eric anything else you want to chat about before we wrap up for this week all right, yeah, let's uh, – I'm going back to the dancing wrestler, so I'm on this website. <laughs> okay, all right, let's go. <laughs> so we got La Parca with the – Oh, the, okay. That was kind okay, of fun. Well, He's doing the whole jamming okay. on the Yeah, uh, the, yeah, the he's got a prop. He's got, got a prop. prop. And the big wiggle, Norman Smiley. Yeah, what about Funkasaurus? Somebody call my mom. Oh, yeah, with the Funkadactyls. Yeah. Okay, I think the only one that's going to give – Alex Red Run for his money is going to be La Parca. <laughs> okay. I'm, However, that, that even made it into a video game as a taunt. Yes. Yes. So in, in it, he, granted, he does have the chair for a prop, but also he does the thing with his arms and his hands. Oh, for sure. With his knees specifically. <laughs> do we do a full wrestling dancers bracket later this week just for fun? We can. Determine. We can. We, we could. We can. We, we could let the listeners vote. Okay, let's do that. Let's set up a bracket, okay. and then we, listeners will vote for best wrestling dance. And if man, if I'm Al- really if torn. If Alex Wright doesn't win, what's the, what's, the, no. what's the prize? <laughs> well, I'm really torn. If Laparka, Laparka's also my guy. What about the dude love dance with like the oh, hands? Yeah, man. All right, we, this this has to be a thing now. We're okay. going to do it. We're going to make it a thing. And got to come up with sixteen. Or no, maybe we'll do uh, fourteen with. Uh, a couple buys. A couple buys. Laparka <laughs> and, and Wonder can get the buy in the first round. Yeah, that's what we got to do. Because they're, okay. they're too good. There's no there's no point for them fighting in the first round or the wild card. For sure. For sure. You want them to face in the finals. I there do. could be an upset. As we know, there have been upsets when we've done these debate tournaments before. Right. Remember when I got Lex Luger on our Supercard <laughs> show? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you made a convincing argument. Remember our, ha- our Hasbro episode? Bret Hart was almost out in the first round. He really was. <laughs> he made it to the finals. Damn, that Bret Hart. He's resilient. He always was. He was, for sure. He'd, he'd, go, off, right. he'd go off the apron, bust his ribs on the, the ring. Yeah. Ring, uh, what do you sternum. call it? You, the sternum. Stu- he had a sternum. Do you, do you have a sternum? Remember that? <laughs> He's wrestling with Chavez. I was his, his blade or whoever. Yeah. In the backseat. Do you have a sternum? It's oh, right yeah. here. Yeah. I, I don't want to lose... I don't want to lose to Dino Bravo because he's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> uh, I'm going to add Honky Tonk Man to the list. That was my my our vantage point Bret Hart impression because they there's always makes me laugh and because the Bret Hart just like yeah you know I was a good wrestler and Dino Bravo was a giant piece of shit <laughs> broke my sternum fuck him oh man <laughs> it makes me laugh sorry for the for the cursing but that's I had okay. to do it all right Eric anything else before we close up shop it's getting late anything else no that's it. 
All right, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to the show. Please share with a friend. This show is a lot of fun, as all of our shows generally are. A lot of positivity, a lot of nostalgia, and a lot of fun. We're looking forward to the next month or two of lots of memories from dancing to Survivor Series to Christmas. And before you know it, we'll be here for the Rumble season. Thank you for listening, and we will see you.